Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. With my Rebbe and friend Rabbi Chaim Zeilerfeller, really a delight, someone a walking Torah inspiration and an educator to me and so many, director emeritus at the UCLA Hillel and a senior scholar at the Shalom Hartman Institute. Thank you, Rabbi Chaim, for taking time. The delight is mine. <laughs> so, um, so th- there's it, it's a very intense time, very troubling time, and uh, and I want to ask you, Orthodoxy and Trump, why is there such a disproportionate number of Orthodox Jews who are supportive of, of President Trump. From what I've seen and we've discussed, you know, about 75% of non-Orthodox Jews um, tend to, or, or maybe Jews at large, tend to vote Democrat. Um, even higher, actually, in a way if it's just non-Orthodox. And then Orthodoxy, one study I saw said 89% of American Orthodox Jews support, support Trump. If we take a more modest study, it says two-thirds such a huge discrepancy. So what's going on here? Why do you think orthodoxy either is in love with or at least supportive of, of this current president? So the most obvious reason and that which is usually sort of bandied about is Israel because of Trump's policies on Israel and the orthodox community tends to be very sympathetic towards the uh, support for the settlements and a, hard, and a hard-lined and a more hard-lined position um, identified with the right. Uh, in fact, uh, two... Um, two uh, or, or all three of the uh, of the negotiators uh, that, who were appointed by Trump, uh, Kushner, Friedman, and um, what was the third one? Uh, whose name I'm, I'm, I'm blanking yeah, on picture, now. Kushner's face. Yeah. Yes, we'll come back to uh, it. Are identified with the Orthodox right, right, community. Right. It, it's fascinating. It, all, it, it, yeah. it does point to which I'll get to in a moment. This sense that the Orthodox Jews have arrived in America. They are negotiating. Uh, the Middle East for the for for the United States, uh, and, and so let alone you know that they they rep, the rep, they are the representatives public representatives of the Jewish community. That's Orthodox power. Yeah. Right? Well, I'm going to get to that. All right. All right. The, the the second the second reason, which I think is significant, are are the issues that are embraced by the by the supporters by Trump, by Trump supporters and by and therefore by Trump himself. Which have to do with abortion, um, more more conservative, orthodox-friendly policies regarding school vouchers, yeah. um, and let's not ignore the fact that orthodox Jews still are disproportionately located in what we used to call the inner city, in proximity to uh, other ethnic groups, and they carry with them a certain resentment or dis- that certainly distancing from those groups and there's a and resentment has built up between them we saw that recently in the the, the attacks the anti-semitic attacks and and actually the murderous attacks against against ultra-orthodox Jews which is something sort of seems to be novel to us yeah. and so 
Um, there, there is a great weariness about multiculturalism and about the fact that the Democratic Party has leaned so far in the direction of the ethnics. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the Republican Party, in many ways, is redemptive in terms of its distancing from, from the ethnics, from even, even on the immigration issue, which is so, such a painful issue to see Jews mm -hmm. who, oppose, mm -hmm. uh, who oppose asylum seekers. Yeah. In, in but it also shifts, it shifts them from, from minority to white establishment. Uh, yeah. So yeah. That, but that's... Yeah. But that's that's a general, but, but they're no, not distinct in that way from other Jews. Yeah. Why is it that other Jews mm -hmm. who have entered yeah. into the white majority yeah. still carry a disproportionate, uh, disproportionate sympathies yeah. for some of these issues, although even mm -hmm. that is changing. Uh, mm -hmm. um, so, so the so second factor is uh, what I, I mentioned, you know, a, a, a range of issues that have to do with uh, the liberal agenda, LGBT, mm -hmm. the role of women. Right. I mean, the fact is that one study that I said talked about this this sort of uh, vile hatred for Hillary Clinton, yeah. that she might be the the president, something that seems to be uh, you know, totally unacceptable yeah. for uh, in terms of the domination, the right. the, the, the the legal and and, and authoritative domination yeah. of a, of a I woman. I have to tell you this point. I met a Hasidish Rebbe. He didn't know who I was. I said, I have a Shiloh right before the wedding. I said, who should I vote for? He says, I, I don't get involved in such matters. I said, really? I need the Rebbe's advice. Who should I vote for? <laughs> he says, here's the one piece of advice I have. You don't vote for a woman. Oh. Don't vote for him. That was his advice. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. I said, oh, this holy so, moment. So, of so you see yeah. that, that all the, the ch social changes that are taking place that are being, you know, uh, 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 championed uh, by, yeah. by, by the Democratic Party. Yeah. Um, and, and, and what championed by Obama? Yeah. Right? They're, they're overwhelming. Mm -hmm. it, it's in some ways, it, it, you know, I, I myself marvel at the fast pace uh, at that, uh, by, that, uh, by which we've sort of embraced mm -hmm. uh, these transformative uh, cha uh, changes to our values, yeah. I mean, uh, fundamental values. Yeah. So there's a resistance coming, and the friendly party that preserves those values seems seemingly, I mean, in a paradoxical way, given who the leadership yeah. is, is the Republican Party. They're the face of, you know, mm -hmm. conservatism and traditionalism, mm -hmm. ironically, mm -hmm. in, all, in all of this. Right? No, the third... Uh, dimension. So one is Israel, and the uh, second one is values and issues. Um, th third issue, economics. Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, the, the greening of orthodoxy. Uh, orthodoxy, uh, orthodox Jews, modern orthodox Jews in particular, in the Pew study, what, uh, were, were, were described and identified as the group earning more than any other group of Jew identified group yeah. of Jews. Yeah. Now, it's also true that modern orthodox Jews use the money regularly for day school education. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, but with, that, with changing economic status comes changing political inclinations. Mm -hmm. And we know that in general. And there's renewed affluence and wealth. There's a lot of real estate in the Orthodox community. Although there's a, there's a level of poverty in the Orthodox community, there's a sort of an, uh, this new taste of wealth and what comes with it, yeah, which is the yeah. last dimension that you mentioned before, which I think is very important, and that's power. The Orthodox community perceives itself historically as yeah. being beleaguered, yeah. as being marginalized by other Jews, yeah. just uh, as evidence of that witness the fact that they were, the, the anti-Semitic attacks were largely ignored until they became murderous, mm -hmm. right? The, the, uh, you know, all the tension that was 
Imir Lateh from Crown Heights. You didn't see much about it, and you see much discussion in the Jewish community. So all of a sudden, they have entree. They're in the White House. They're setting policy. They're commuting the, Trump. They're, I mean, commuting Rabushkin. <laughs> they're the Jews who, they're the face of Judaism to the public, yeah. and they're the Jews that, uh, uh, you know, that the leadership wants, wants to embrace yeah. and that the leadership touts. How could they resist this temptation mm -hmm. to be uh, sed uh, seduced by power? Mm -hmm. And boy, have they run with it mm -hmm. and allow themselves, it seems to me, to be exploited and corrupted in the process because mm -hmm. that's the consequence of being bought off by yeah, power. Yeah, right. Okay, so there's so and, much... And that's yeah, where I have yeah. a little Torah, but yeah. you can't... We, okay, we'll come back to that, yeah. Okay, so, the, so there's a lot to unpack there, but just, just to pick up the Israel piece. Yes. What's your response to those who suggest, how could you possibly be opposed to the president? Look what he's done for the Jewish people. Look what he's done for Israel. What's your response to that? I'm not... First of all, I don't believe that he does anything for anybody else. Yeah. He does things for only one person, that's himself. Mm -hmm. It all has to do with self-promotion. So there's nothing, so there's nothing, I mean, you could say that the policy is helpful, you know, they, they perceive it as being helpful to the Jews, but it's not him. Mm -hmm. That, that I, I, and, and I don't know how people don't understand that, that, you know, what we have is the narcissist in chief. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it's, it's, an ex, it's an extreme version of that. It's more than that. It's, 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 it's someone who acts uh, and follows its instincts. Mm -hmm. Now we know that that's one of the distinguishing features between classes of different classes of created beings. Yeah. There are beings who are instinctual. Right. They're usually not called humans. Yeah. And there are humans who have the capacity to control themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's no limits to this person. Right. So that, that's a real question as to whether he's doing this for us, number one. Number two, who says that these policies are beneficial to us? Right. Uh, they, they, alien, they, they create more distance between uh, 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 us and our opponents in the, in the Middle East, with whom we are in conflict. Yeah. It's not opponents, the people with whom we are in conflict, who's, who's the tensions of which we, we need to resolve. Mm -hmm. And there's no evidence at all that by simply clamping down on them, we're moving them to, to, a, to a point of, of greater resolution. On the contrary, we see that the more we push against them, the less likely they are to compromise, because the idea of compromise has, is off the table. We see it statistically. We, at least in, in public surveys, without any changes in the current situation, yeah. right? Th th there's, there's less support for resolution than there has been before. Yeah. And universal rejection in, of, the, of the plan that was proposed. You could argue, if you're saying that this is for the benefit of Israel, that introducing, indu introducing all these measures, recognizing Jerusalem as the capital, uh, recognizing Israeli sovereignty over the Golan, and you know, one, one after another, moving, moving the, em the embassy, cutting back on support for the Palestinians, rejecting the Iran deal, should have induced, from their perspective, since they're putting the pressure on, induced compromise from the other side. On the contrary, we don't see any, we see none of that, not even the Sunni states who are, e who are easing towards Israel because of their opponent's uh, opposition uh, to Iran, even they were not able to come out with the support for the, for the plan. I mean, it, it, it's true. They didn't uh, oppose it in a full-throated way. That, you know, everybody, everybody's walking around scared. Nobody wants to offend the, the great leader here in this country because of the, his personality. And, and, and there is now a buy-in on the part of those Sunni states to understand the importance, the importance of Israel. But instead of exploiting that, that possibility in a constructive way, 
what, what's done is to, in your face, basically push them away and humili humiliate the Palestinians further. What we know they need is, is some sense of dignity. Yeah. That's what they've been saying for 20 years. Yeah. It's, it, it, and it, and, and to, to, to offer something which is, which is uh, uh, humiliating, further humiliating, in terms of you know, in, in, in terms of general, you know, the, the offering something between sixty and seventy percent. The great deal that they made with Clinton was it, land swaps would be about ninety-seven percent that they would get back yeah. uh, 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 of territory. Now we're talking sixty to seventy percent, and surrounded, no sense of in, no sense of sort of real independence. What are you talking about? Yeah, and, I mean, and furthermore. Furthermore, by implanting this idea that you're going to plant Israeli enclaves within, what you're doing is, in instead of there being, which everybody says you need as a disengagement, it's a re-engagement in the most intense way, where Israeli soldiers and, and will, will be part of the, uh, the landscape of this new Palestinian state. I mean, my, 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 I ask myself, my, who, who, what they take before they, they propose this plan? Uh, Dennis Ross was speaking at Hillel last week, and he said that they consulted with him constantly. Yeah. But then he comments says, I must have been a total failure because they didn't introduce any of my suggestions at all. They didn't listen, wow. to, me. They didn't listen to me at all. Wow, wow. All right? You know, and, and, and Dennis is a measured guy. Yeah, yeah. So, so, then I, so therefore I question, is this administration really operating in a way that's going to benefit Israel? Yeah. I, benefit Israel means to, to work on a plan that's going to resolve the conflict and create uh, the thriving Middle East that they imagine is going to emerge. Yeah, yeah. And instead, uh, let me say one more word, yeah. is what we have is this transactional leadership. Yeah. It's a deal. You know, and the, and the utmost humiliation is we'll pay them off. We'll give them mm -hmm. $50 billion. Ah, yeah. that'll make it all work. Yeah. Because that's how it works in that universe. Yeah, you right, buy it. Right, right, right. So what's the relationship between or, uh, Israeli orthodoxy and American orthodoxy in terms of politics right now? Meaning, uh, seeing Netanyahu just flex his power this last day or two and support and huge chunks of orthodoxy that follow such a, such a line. What's similar? What's different? I mean, obviously, Dati Leumi, the religious nationalist and the Haredi in, in Israel, totally different phenomena. Just like here, we have sort of an ultra-orthodoxy and a, and a modern orthodoxy. It's a different phenomenon. But what's the relationship between these two in this, in this current moment? Mm. It's, it's an interesting question. I, I, I'll tell you why, because I, I actually see elements of Israeli orthodoxy being far more um, creative and, 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 and distinctive um, than, element, than, than American orthodoxy, although I have to say that what you know, what you've generated and, and Rav Avi has created, I, I think runs hand in hand with certain movements within, within Israel. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I wonder, I mean, I, I have to done a comparison. Is the mode of, um, what, what should we call it, uh, uh, open orthodoxy, we call it here. What, I don't know what you would refer to it as, in Israel, Dati Lumi, but it, it's a different type. Yeah. It, it, it's a it's it's a faction of Dati Lumi. Right. Um, are, are are we doing the same things and having the same impact yeah. on society? I I, I don't know. Right. I don't know. It's, it, it'd be interesting. But but if that's the case, yeah. then maybe there is a one to one, meaning the ultra orthodox communities run in sync in both places, mm -hmm. 
uh, as does the mainstream Orthodox community, uh, and 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 the, and the more you know what we would call liberal Orthodox communities have their counterparts, uh, in, in, both both in Israel right. and in the United States. Right. Um, I, 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 I'm interested in this question because I I, ha I, ha I haven't thought uh, th thought this through uh, in a way. I, I also see the following parallel. The ultra, the, the you know Aryeh Deri as Minister of Interior was v vehemently opposed to the asylum seekers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's a, and there's a yeah. parallel yeah, yeah. in terms of the attitude yeah. to immigration right. among um, yeah. and, and to the ethnic. Although I, I I don't think they're plagued with the same materialism we are over here. I mean, ah, that's in, in general. Right. But I think the relation to money so, seems a little bit different. So yeah. all right, so that's that's, that's a good point. Yeah. The the modern the Orthodox community in America. I would make this point. I, I I'll, I'll say it even stronger. They are an assimilated. Community community. Yeah. They yeah. basically live this facade yeah. of a frumkite yeah. that dresses up a, 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 a sort of an Americanism that worships its material attainments. Right, right. And that's true across the board, yeah. including in among all, all, um, um, including among ultra-Orthodox Jews. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, there's a, I mean, that, there's a good question uh, to ask because I'm wondering uh, in, in Israel, you have manifestations of spirituality yeah, yeah. that I think are are in many ways more uh, more poignant yeah, than what yeah. you have here in the okay. United States so, among yeah. among Orthodox Jews. Yeah. Okay, so my last question is to get is to get back to that Torah you were going to share. But one 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 reflection on the realm of Torah that I have just before we, your your Torah mamish is that it seems like Torah has been ghettoized in Orthodoxy, that it's not about life and society anymore, mm. right? That actually, what forms our politics? It's either Das Torah, some Rebbe said we should do this or that because that's what's interest for our community or self-interest. I, I don't see this, this realm of creative, you know, uh, 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 Torah discourse as it's applied to what the socially just society. And I mean, I don't see that emerging from Orthodox. Well, you know? So it, what are we talking about? Sitsis. We talk about like muksa. You know, I mean, like, uh, not to downplay the ritual dimensions, but it's like, it's not about, I mean, Israel much more so maybe, you know, it's about, it's about society. But over here, I, I, you don't see that discourse. You know, I mean, have, have you heard any great Orthodox Torah on immigration policy? There's very little. Right. Yeah. Saul Berman. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. That's why I hear it also. Yeah. Okay, so, so yeah. What, you so, know, so, 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 so I wanted to say something that, yeah. that we missed in this, and that is that certainly among modern Orthodox Jews a long time ago, abandoned, I would say, what, what we would call the, the, this broader sense of religiosity yeah, yeah. for commitment to Israel as a central, as a central mode mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. expressing right. their religiosity. Israelism. Israelism. Yeah. That, and, and, my, and the evidence for that is that the holiest moment in, a, um, in the modern Orthodox tefillah on Shabbat is the moment of tefillah l'shlom hamdina, uh, the prayer for the state of Israel, because yeah. only then are people quiet mm -hmm. and they and they stand, mm -hmm. and they stand reverentially and, and, yeah. and reverentially and, and participate. Mm -hmm. All right, so that so and, and that's kind of troubling. And, and but it, but it but it also it seems to me for that segment of the Orthodox community that mm -hmm. that made that into the sort of central focus mm -hmm. of the of devotion, it answered a problem for them, which is how to be religious in the modern world, because they're really not, mm -hmm. they haven't grappled with the issues of religiosity, right. Right. exactly the same, but it's much, much deeper, how to be a religious person in a world that's so different, and we have so many options, and how do you transform that world into a place of holiness, in, by engaging with that world, not by, you know, they don't know how to do that, and they're not being, they're not being taught how to do that, right. as, as, 
as Jews, yeah. right? And so the, the, they, they've come upon a domain where they can devote their Jewishness and see in it a fulfillment of God's will. They don't see a fulfillment of God's will in their spiritual behavior. Mm-hmm. They see, they see, you know, they see God's will uh, represented in the power and the the attainment of, of the state yeah, of Israel. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So the 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 Torah is, you know, our teachings from Pirkei Avot. I think very simple teachings. So I'm going to quote quote. Quote a few teachings. Snait rabanut, mm-hmm. all right, and and the rabanut me, really means domination. Yeah. To hate the idea that you're going to dominate other yeah. human beings. Right. Ha, I mean, my yeah, yeah. We want to we want to sustain our domination of other human beings, yeah. and because we fought for this, so we have a right to. You know, we we, we, we need to control this. Right. But it means it's not just control of the land; it's it's a control of control of the people. That, that that orthodoxy has an inside to the White House and doesn't use that to get kids out of cages, right? right? That you just bow to the authorities. So yeah, that dominate. Yeah, right. And 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 the uh, the next teaching was altit vadal rashut. You know, don't cozy up to the. Uh, uh, to, to, the, to the authorities or make yourself known in this way I mean which is further elaborated uh, in the next parak in Pirkei Avot uh, by Rabban Gamliel Hevei Zehirin Barashut She'ein Makrivin La'adam Ela L'Tzorech Atzman I mean it's a, it's a precise description of what I my accusation regarding this government Ein Mekarvin I'm sorry La'adam they don't get close to you unless you know only for their own reasons yeah. and when uh, if it's something that uh, you know and they and they benefit from it um, but they don't help someone when you're really when you're really struggling for, when it's for your benefit mm-hmm. so be careful here it's it's a it's it's, it's a there's something really false about this uh, about uh, about this attachment yeah. uh, and 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 very profoundly corrupting yeah. to our self-understanding as Jews yeah. who from an early point in our history yeah. understood the need to stand in opposition right. to, to, to to evil and corruption, mm-hmm. yeah. and to be wary of the arbitrary display and deploy of, of power yeah. by, by by governments yeah. from whom we suffered right. historically. Where where where's our where's our wisdom? I wonder where our wisdom is. Yeah. We sort of abandoned wisdom because we sold it, you know, for what do you call it, for twenty for twenty pieces of silver or thirty pieces of silver, whatever we're accused of doing. And we lose our birthright as a result yeah. of that. Okay, friends, make sure to invite Reb Chaim Seilerfeld to your community, one of the most insightful Torah educators I know. Thank you so much.